Now, there's a doctrine that has been uh, very much misunderstood back in the days of the early church, and it certainly is totally misunderstood in today's church. In fact, this doctrine today is almost a lost doctrine, yet when you carefully study the Bible, it becomes evident that this subject is both a biblical subject and it is critical to the individual life in the Grace Age believer and also to the corporate life of a Grace Age church. And the doctrine that we're talking about is the doctrine of separation. The doctrine of separation. Now, Ernest Pickering appropriately said, biblical separation is the story of a struggle. And that struggle will not end until Jesus Christ Christ returns and, and ultimately raptures us. Dr. Pickering is absolutely correct. Separation is the story of a relentless struggle to both the individual and the church because you are constantly involved in your life in what you choose or what you're yielding to, what you're not yielding to. So this struggle goes on every day. So biblical separation affects you every single day. But regardless of how intense the struggle may be or how difficult the subject may be, such as trying to bring every thought into captivity. Now there's a struggle right there. Bring every thought into captivity. Separate everything out of your mind and bring it into captivity to what's true and good in light of scriptures. Regardless of how difficult the struggle may be, it's one that God expects us to tackle and win. In other words, God expects, in fact, he demands that we enter into the arena of separation and he's empowered us to be able to come out of that ring victorious. And so what we want to do in the next weeks is get a biblical perspective on, on this subject. In the next studies, we'd like to go on a systematic journey through this doctrine. I think it's important. We're going to use the Bible very carefully as our ground rule book uh, and, uh, and the setting the principles and the parameters. Uh, and you might be shocked what you need to separate yourself from. Some things you think you must separate yourself from, you probably don't have to. And some of the things perhaps you don't think you have to separate yourself from, those are probably some of the things that you should. So these are going to be, uh, I think, interesting studies. But, but it is our prayer that as we go through this, that God will grant us wisdom so that um, when we get before him, he will classify us having been grace age separatists in a way that brought glory to him. That's what we want to be. We want to be separated to the things God wants us separated to so that we can bring glory to him. Now, the way we approach, of course, these studies is we do it in... Uh, question-answer form, and that's the way we're going to go through this uh, particular doctrine as well. So we're going to start with, what do we mean by the term separation? Well, Mr. Webster says separation is making a division, a division between self and something. He adds that it is, it is to form some kind of a, dis, a distinguishable boundary between something and something else. That's what separation is. You form a boundary between one thing and another. Although we'll consider the key words of this doctrine a little later, the actual biblical Greek word separate, aphorizo, literally means mark off something by boundaries and then separate yourself by those boundaries. For example, we have a sanctuary here. This sanctuary is a marked off boundary. We don't play games in this part of the church. We don't bring food and drink into this part of the church because we've separated this. This is a boundary where we come to worship God. It's a sanctuary where we come to worship God. So this then becomes a, a distinguishable division between this part of the church and all the other parts of the church. 
You could say that in any athletic event. Take your pick, football, basketball, baseball. The field becomes the boundary. That boundary says, this is where the action occurs. You can't come into this boundary unless you're part of the players. Otherwise, you have to stay outside the boundaries. Well, that is really what separation is. It's to mark something off by boundaries and then say, I'm drawing this line. I'm separating myself from those boundary limits. Now, one Grace Age passage where this is clearly seen is 2 Corinthians 6.17. So I want you to go there. 2 Corinthians 6.17. We read in 2 Corinthians 6.17, Therefore... Come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. Now, God says that we are to separate ourselves and don't touch what is unclean. Obviously, there's a boundary marker. A boundary marker is you don't want to touch something God classifies as unclean. If you get across that boundary marker, you've just gone into an area in the grace age you don't want to be in. So if it is vile, if it's classified as unclean, that's not something you want to be just going into. I mean, you don't want to welcome yourself into that arena. Obviously, a boundary marker would be unclean things. And as a believer, we would want to separate ourselves from things that God would classify as obviously unclean. Now, before we give specific definition to what we mean by separation, I think it's wise for us to consider some of the great theologians, what they said about it. For example, Dr. Lewis Berry Chafer said, separation as a doctrine represents the human side of sanctification. Separation is from something unto something else. And I think Dr. Chafer really hit on a key because he saw the connection between the practical and progressive side of sanctification as it related to the doctrine of separation. On the practical side and the progressive side, we blossom as we make adjustments or proper separations from biblical things. That's how we progress uh, actually in our spiritual life. Dr. Floyd Barackman said that we initiate and express holiness by separating ourselves from that which is morally unlike God and be setting ourselves apart unto him and his will for the manifestation and use uh, in this world. The idea is we set ourselves apart. And again, that clearly links us to the human side of sanctification. Now, the connection, as I understand it theologically, between sanctification and separation is this. Sanctification is produced by the Holy Spirit. And that becomes the basis for separation which is worked out in the life of a believer by decisions that are in accordance with the Word of God. That's the way I understand this. Sanctification is the Holy Spirit's work and the separation is the yielding to the Spirit in light of Scripture that enables us to then make choices that are in accordance with the Word of God. Now, for the sake of our study, the way we're going to define biblical separation in the Grace Age is this way. Biblical separation is the decision, or decisions, of a believer in accordance with the Holy Spirit and in accordance with God's Word in which he withdraws himself or separates himself apart from certain people, places, practices, perspectives, policies, plans, and paths in order that God may classify the believer as holy so that that believer may go on and bear fruit at the highest possible level and be the recipient of the greatest possible blessings both in this life and the next. That's the lengthy definition 
that I'm going to use in regard to what I mean by biblical separation. When I talk about biblical separation, I'm talking about we're making uh, our life line up with the Word of God in light of the Spirit within us, and the Spirit is giving, a, a, as it were, a yes nod to what the Scriptures are saying, and we're making choices based on what the Word of God says, what the Spirit wants us to do. And as we make those choices, we are separating ourselves to a greater level of power and usability uh, in the sight of the Lord. Now, there are certain things I want to observe from the definition, just break it down a little bit. First of all, biblical separation is a calculated decision. That I want you to understand. It is a calculated decision. We're not talking here about a feeling or emotion. We're talking here about you thinking about something in light of Scripture and making a concrete choice. That's something I need to separate myself from. You're making concrete decision. I need to cut this off. I need to not go here. I'm making this as a choice. We're not talking about what you're feeling, what your emotions are surging to do. It is a concrete decision. Secondly, biblical separation is made by a believer. In fact, it is only a believer who is in a position to separate himself from anything that would actually please God. Because apart from that, a person's works are as filthy rags. Without Jesus Christ in the life, a person could separate himself from whatever they want. They could separate themselves from this or that, and it wouldn't mean beans to God because it cannot possibly please God. Because pleasing God is an impossibility for one who lacks faith. So what we learn now is biblical separation is separation that is made by a believer, and it is only a believer who's actually in a position to please God. Thirdly, biblical separation is in accordance with the Holy Spirit. Now let me show you a couple of passages of Scripture. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians 2. And uh, look at verse 13. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith and in truth. Clearly, if we're saying that true biblical separation is fully consistent with the Holy Spirit and connected to sanctification, then this whole matter is linked to that Spirit of God. This whole matter of actually making decisions that are in harmony with the Spirit of God and the Word of God uh, is something that really has sanctifying ramifications. That is, it sets us apart uh, in a greater way for the Lord's work and for whatever God wants to do with us. Now, the fourth uh, thing that I want you to see, and this is very, very critical. Biblical separation is in accordance with God's Word. Now, you see, we've just come through a study of law and grace, and when we were in that study, there are a lot of things that really aren't in the Word of God that people say, oh, no, don't touch this, don't taste that, don't do that. But they aren't in the Word of God. They're just made up by men. What we're saying is, if we're going to have a separation that pleases God, it must be actually in accordance with God's Word. So this is a critical factor. In my opinion, this becomes the whole crux of the problem when it comes to this word separation. People get scared about it because they really don't know what to think about it because they've never actually studied this. God does expect us to separate ourselves from several things and he has clearly and carefully put those things in writing in his word. That's what we want to know. That's what we want to see. 
We want to crawl through grace age truth and say, boy, there's something right there in writing that God says we need to separate ourselves from. That's what we're after when it comes to studying this. And frankly, I believe there are many well-meaning Christians who actually separate themselves from the wrong things while not uh, really separating themselves from the biblical things. And as a result of that, their lives and even the life of the church suffers. Uh, Mr. John Miles wrote a wonderful pamphlet many, many years ago called The Tightrope of Separation. And in that pamphlet, he said that people tend to go beyond the scriptures in forming what they separate themselves from. So our doctrine of separation must always be based on the written word of God. So if an individual or church will purpose to separate itself from what God wants, then by promise of God, it will be blessed of, of God. Now, the fifth uh, thing that I want you to see is that biblical separation is from something or someone. Biblical separation is from something or someone. Biblical separation means we draw distinguishable boundaries between ourselves and something or someone, and we would even be willing to withdraw from fellowship or association. We set boundaries. We say, no, 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 we won't cross here. Uh, that is biblical separation. Now, let's just look at a few passages of Scripture, for example. Let's go to Psalms, and I'm going to take you to some Old Testament and New Testament text. Let's go to Psalms, and back to chapter 1. We read in, in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its seasons, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Now here's the boundary. You do not want to walk in the counsel of the wicked. You do not want to stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of those that mock God. You don't want to associate with people like that. Why? Well, because you want to be firmly established in your faith so that you can be a great fruit producer. The obvious implication of this text is if you don't draw a boundary, if you don't separate yourself from the wicked counselor, or you don't separate yourself from the sinner or the one that mocks God, you're not going to become this. That's the whole principle here. So here's a line God would draw in, in the biblical sand. Let's go to Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1. And notice verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Verse 15. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. If a sinner is presenting a path and trying to get you to walk down it, you need to say, you know what? I'm separating myself from that path. I'm not going down there. I'm not walking down there. That becomes now a critical biblical matter of a path you're going to walk on, whether or not it's the path of one that's wise or the path of one that's a fool. Now go over to Ephesians chapter 5. We read in Ephesians 5 and verse 11, Ephesians 5.11, Do not participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Now, whenever we can classify something as being a fruitful deed of darkness, and this will become part of this study. What are those 
unfruitful deeds of darkness that we, we, we must expose, that we must see. Well, when you spot those things, the text says don't participate in them. So you have to draw a separation boundary right there. If there's an unfruitful deed of darkness, you have to say, nope, that's not an area I'm going. I'm separating myself uh, from that activity. That's what biblical separation is. Now, the sixth thing that we want to bring out, and then we'll wrap this up tonight, is that biblical separation is for a specific purpose. It's for a purpose. What we want is for God to practically analyze us and say, you know what, those people are moving in a direction I call holy. And they're doing it by lining up their life with the Word of God, and they're making separated decisions based on my Word. And when God starts doing that, when he starts analyzing us and saying, you know what, they are really making uh, judgment calls based on the Word of God. They're, they're, they're separating themselves biblically. When God classifies us as that way, then he opens remarkable doors. And he pours out remarkable blessings. And he uses in remarkable ways. And that leads us to the gaining the greatest possible rewards in the next life. So this life of biblical separation or this doctrine in the grace age is a critical doctrine. It is a very fundamental doctrine. It's unfortunate that it's not studied a lot, but we're going to study it. And uh, we'll continue on this, Lord willing, next uh, Wednesday night. Do you have any questions uh, or comments about our study tonight?